Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, August 21st, 2019. I'm Rachel Lipman. Ahead on The Gateway, Major League Soccer has officially awarded St. Louis a team. MLS Commissioner Don Garber says it's a decision that's been a long time coming. St. Louis, with its incredibly rich soccer history, not only deserves an MLS team, but has earned one. But as Corinne Ruff will tell us later, there's a lot to be done before that team starts playing in 2022. First, the news. The St. Louis County Council is backing Metro's request to refinance debt and use the savings for enhanced security. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports that the move comes as the council wants to take a closer look at the public transportation system's finances. The council gave final approval to refinancing bonds for the Bi-State Development Corporation, which operates light rail and bus services. Bi-State CEO Talby Roach says the plan will eventually save between 45 and $50 million. We have structured the transaction to spin out $20 million in the front to fund some of the needed security upgrades that we intend on providing for the public. Meanwhile, Councilman Ernie Trakis is planning on holding hearings about Bi-State's request for more money from the county. The amount of service provided to the county has decreased or is proposed to be decreased while the amount of money they're asking for the county has increased. Trachis says he plans to hold multiple hearings on Bi-State's funding request and how the agency is operating. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. A judge in Cole County has temporarily blocked a new law that prevented local governments from putting stricter regulations on large farms. Patricia Joyce's ruling from Monday prevents the law from going into effect until August 29th. It was slated to take effect the day before. A hearing in the case is scheduled for September 16th. Two rural counties who had enacted tougher limits on the farms filed suit, alleging the law is unconstitutional. They say it violates the state's so-called right to farm amendment, which puts that right subject to the authority of local governments. Governor Mike Parson's office is promising an aggressive legal response to Joyce's ruling. The city of Fairview Heights wants to help business owners make their buildings more energy efficient. The city council will decide at its September 3rd meeting whether to establish a property-assessed clean energy financing program inside the city limits of Fairview Heights. Paul Ellis is the city's director of economic development. He says the PACE financing program applies to many building upgrades like heat, ventilation, and air conditioning systems. They're very difficult uh, to finance, and that often is the stumbling block that prevents a uh, project from from, uh, seeing the light of day. Ellis says PACE helps commercial property owners more easily access money like long-term loans to develop or redevelop their buildings to be more efficient. St. Louis will soon be home to a major league soccer team. The team is expected to begin playing in 2022. As St. Louis Public Radio's Corinne Ruff reports, it will join 27 other teams in the top-tier professional soccer league. St. Louis's MLS team may not have players, a coach, or a stadium yet, but it definitely has fans. These fans were in full force Tuesday during MLS's unveiling of the local franchise. 
In some ways, the local ownership team's pitch for the team came together quickly in just 10 months. But MLS Commissioner Don Garber says he's been looking for years for the right opportunity to bring a team to the region. St. Louis, with its incredibly rich soccer history, not only deserves an MLS team, but has earned one. In 2017, St. Louis voters rejected a separate effort to put $60 million in taxpayer money toward building an MLS stadium. But Garber has long said St. Louis is a devoted soccer city, so MLS knew it wasn't the last chance to bring a team to the region. When we lost the vote, we kind of looked at that and said that doesn't mean St. Louis isn't right. It means we went about it the wrong way and we needed to, to huddle and, and take a different approach. Garber says the level of corporate support behind the winning effort this time around was key to bringing a team to the area. Now there are lots of details for the ownership group to iron out, including a name, logo, and colors. Those will all be finalized in the next few months, says Enterprise Holdings Foundation President Carolyn Kendall Betts. She heads the local ownership group. It's the first in the league to be majority women owned. Kendall Betts says leading the ownership team is an opportunity to work with the women in her family. But it's also an opportunity for us to hopefully be a role model and remind young girls, young women out there that if there's something they really want, they just need to pursue it. Now that the MLS team is a reality, Kendall Betts says there's a lot to do. We're still working on that stadium design. That's key. And we want to be able to show some renderings and drawings hopefully very soon in the next couple weeks. Kendall Betts says the stadium will be constructed on a site just west of Union Station. The exact location is still being worked out with city and state officials. The plan is to break ground in January. Funding the new stadium and the expansion fee could cost more than $400 million in total, but nearly all of it would be covered with private money. That's according to Worldwide Technology CEO Jim Cavanaugh. He's also a member of the local ownership team, and he has a vested interest in St. Louis soccer. He's a former player, and he's the CEO of St. Louis FC, which plays in a second-tier professional league. We get very little public funding on this. There's some, but that's one of the reasons why it's been incredibly attractive, I would say, for the city, the state. Kavanaugh also recognizes there are lots of financial details that still need to be hammered out. The St. Louis Board of Aldermen have to work on a tax incentive package for the stadium, but don't return from a recess until next month. It's unclear exactly how much public funding will be involved. Excitement about the expansion announcement has been building among St. Louis FC supporters for a while now. They're known as the St. Louisans, and Max Baker is one of them. He attended the announcement Tuesday to show his support. It's always been something that we show up, we're loud, we cheer, we support no matter what kind of level we're on. It's ultimately about soccer in St. Louis. Before a recent St. Louis FC home match in Fenton, the Luligans started with a party in the parking lot, then a march into the stadium. Mitch Maurice is one of the lead Luligans. He wants the sense of community among the group to carry over to the new MLS team. I plan on it. I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure it does. And if it doesn't, there's going to be a real problem. That is the important thing, that the supporters group starts the foundation of a successful soccer team in MLS. Amid the cheering during a St. Louis FC game last month, fan Sarah Robertson said she's excited about the potential impact of a new downtown stadium. Concerts, there'll be chances for national team games possibly, friendlies. I think it will be amazing, honestly. The anticipation that is built for years now becomes a countdown toward the St. Louis MLS team's first game in March 2022. I'm Corinne Ruff, St. Louis Public Radio.
You can see photos from MLS's announcement in St. Louis at our website, stlpublicradio.org. Brian Heffernan edited that piece from Corinne. The executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio is Shula Newman. The music you hear on The Gateway is by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Rachel Lippman, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.